Don't forget to play the song. And then it's gone. <laughs> and it's back. <laughs> well, it didn't look like we'd be here this early, this late, whatever you want to look at it with a couple of minutes left on the clock. But we thought, you know what, we've got to bottle this euphoria. We've got to try to see if we can capture lightning in a bottle. Was it Thomas Edison standing out in the rain with that kite? That's what we're trying to that's, do right that's now. Benjamin Franklin, you dickhead. Well, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, didn't he? <laughs> well, he did, but uh, he didn't Benjamin have a kite, Franklin? though. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we're here, obviously, to review our Round 12 victory. And it certainly didn't look that wow. way when the clock ran out against the Fremantle Dockers at Optus Stadium. Tim, you were just talking off pod about how there sort of seemed a, a degree of predestination about it, even though we weren't necessarily playing well, even though things weren't going our way. There was something about the result that just it just felt like we're going to get a chance. As it turned out, we got several chances and we ended up converting <laughs> the worst of the lot. I am going to um, flip the script a bit and start with uh, Dr. Tim Davis. How's the heart rate, uh, Dr. Davis? Well, it's actually funny. I Just as we were setting up to record, I went over and I, I actually, I reckon I can feel my heart muscle and th- there's some chance I've just had the most minor of heart attacks. <laughs> I don't blame you. I think we're we're a little bit bad. We're, um, we do test the old Sing heart valve. The camera, yeah, the camera and the cords and all that sort of stuff. I thought maybe I should just record myself like that Essendon flog when we played them earlier in the year in Townsend. Oh, Towner. Come yeah, on, Towner. And uh, he was very good, though. Timbo's just driving out. And that whole time, and I stood up and I stood a foot from the television uh, and I was downstairs in the in the dungeon on my own and, and that little bit of you goes... I feel like we're going to win it. I think he's going to kick it. But then the other part of me said, be ready for disappointment. And as soon as he struck it, you've gone, that's home. <laughs> you know what it was too? Like, I don't know about you, but we were doing the same thing. We're standing up close to the, you know, we've been sitting at three or four metres or however far away for the entire night. And then as soon as he's lining up to kick, we're being given the vantage point that the broadcast director has chosen for us, yet everyone in their living rooms as close to the TV as possible. Like, this is going to be the difference between me spotting this and not. Yes, yep. I'm going to stand as yep. close to the screen as possible. This is going to—I'm going to be able to track the trajectory. But it looked—it looked good. Did you and your dad jump up and down? I uh, do, do, do a Carlton-style pylon. Initially or thought I might have broken my hand um, from clapping. <laughs> I love it I so love hard. Um, there was a moment, uh, Timbo. I, I don't know about you. Uh, we'll introduce the big Faber Ganoush. Actually, Faber Ganoush um, could be. We're not really quite sure what we're going to get from him tonight. He's a little bit uh, medicated. He's uh, he's cracked open a case of lewds that he's found <laughs> that he's found in his kuntash, <laughs> and um, I'm not sure what we're going to get from him. Madden. <laughs> he, he, he informed us before pod that he's a little bit medicated. He might be slurring, and it's up to us to let us know, let him know if and when he starts slurring. I thought he actually might make more sense than he usually does. But um, <laughs> Father Ganesh, how are you going? What I said, I got see. Um, quite pleased. Um, at, at what point did you take the lewds? <laughs> at uh, quarter time. Quarter time. Mm. Jesus, we weren't even that frustrating at that point. Right after the push out on Rory Lobb. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how have you taken in your, your? You're one of the probably more emotional members of this podcast. You uh, have been known 
in the past, uh, I got a text from you after the Brisbane Lions game, I reckon it was, last year, where you said you excused yourself from the family and went and sat in your car and cried. <laughs> yes, I did. That was I after a, a mo- win. I had a moment to myself, but I missed, I saw the goal, but I missed the whole, I cracked the shits with the, um, in the lead-up because of the dock kick. I was so disappointed that I threw the blanket off myself and stormed out the room. It's only to come back and see us piling, piling each on each yeah. <laughs> So, um, Who actually knocked him over, Sean? Who knocked Brayshaw. over the dock? Brayshaw. I think it was Brayshaw. Uh, Brayshaw. We're going to yeah, get okay. into this momentarily. Fab, you, you might recall this. This is something that I, I sort of quite like about um, sports and what they create. They create myths and legends and heroes, and this is one of those classic kicks that, that people will talk about. Whenever Carlton play Fremantle for the next however long we play Fremantle, this will get a run. This will get a mention. This is now woven into the tapestry of this rivalry. And it just reminded me, I think I put the tweet out, um, uh, Jack fucking Nunes. And the reason I did that, for anyone who's a baseball fan, the Boston Red Sox have this thing with two Yankees in particular, Bucky Dent and Aaron Boone. And I thought to myself, this is just one of those moments where if you're a Fremantle fan... Give him his credit. He's kicked an unbelievable goal to win, you, win, win the game for us to take the game away from you. But the, the Red Sox have this thing. Bucky Dent, I think it was a one-game playoff in the 70s. And Aaron Boone in uh, Game 7 of an a- ALCS hit. Can a, we hear you, Sean? I can hear you. Yeah, okay. okay no. yeah. Yeah, you, you went quiet, but it might go on record, uh-huh. so keep going. Yeah, I think – but um, Bucky Dent in a, in a one-game playoff, an American League playoff, and uh, Aaron Boone in a Game 7 extra innings of an ALCS – hit game-winning walk-off home runs to beat the Red Sox. Actually, Bucky wow. Den, I don't think, did. I think that was at Fenway. But anyway, the, the arg for forever and a day, you know, hurt it, like in a really hurt, but in a kind of fucking whatever. The Red Sox always going to go Aaron fucking Boone. Yeah, Nick, Nick Bloody Davis. They go, Nick Bloody Geelong Davis. And it yeah. doesn't matter who, like forever and a day, you'll say Jack Nunes to a Fremantle fan, and they'll go Jack fucking Nunes. Yeah. And it's well, just and two, fact, two losses in a row that have been heartbreaking for them too. Oh, and led all game in both. Fuck so, em. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> well and truly. Zero sympathy. <laughs> and we're going to get onto that. You know what I love about this result? You know what I love to death about it? We've been whinging about the umpires for weeks, and we almost were going to whinge about them again tonight. But you know what? They can interrogate this fucking, who should it have been a free kick? Should it have been Gibbons' kick? I don't fucking care. Who, who cares? It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we will we will genuinely sound a little bit hypocritical. Uh, hypocritical I, I, I but, hope we do, Timbo, because this we, is swings and roundabouts. <laughs> We've done a whole season of the pineapple, Sean. It's uh, tonight was the anti-pineapple. I was so. getting ready, mate. We were squatting over another pineapple. <laughs> at about well, twenty minutes. Matty, Matty, Matty Richardson. <laughs> Matty Richardson was onto the pineapple. He 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 was realising that we were getting shafted. But you know what? Yeah. The thing is, I don't. I agree in in so much being brutally honest that the Andrew Brayshaw down the field. You go. You know what? That is a bit soft. They'd gotten two of the same free kick. Yeah. In the last yeah. five minutes. The, the two pushes. The one by uh, – there was one by Fisher and there was one by – was it Betts? Maybe. Was Betts the other yep. one? Could have been Betts or yeah. Nunes. Yep, yep, yep. So – but then, interestingly, they were pushed as they kicked it, whereas at least in the case of Doherty, he kicked it and then he got – and he's oh. probably put a little bit of mayo on it, but uh, – you know, No sympathy, Timbo. Over. No sympathy no, 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 from no. me. You sit Zero. there and you're going it, – it, 
And and for the number of deliberates that weren't paid and it was wet weather football and all that sort of stuff, I, I don't know if I texted it to you or I wrote it to myself. I said there will not be a deliberate free kick tonight. They cannot adjudicate it with the precedence that they set throughout the game. And, and in the end, Tabata, who, who probably was the most influential player on the ground scoring-wise, for him to be the guy that actually gives up the deliberate, and he tried to disguise it, but he, we knew what he was doing. The fact that the umpires had the balls to call that one, fucking good on them. You know, yeah. In a situation like that, a few of our guys did it when they keep the ball in. It's just take the tackle and be tackled over the line. Yeah, yeah, make the other guy force you out. Just wrap, and take it, be wrapped go, up. I didn't do it, he oh, did. Oh, he pushed me up. But anyway, like, I love that Jared Waitley will do it. Nothing against Jared and the like, but Jared Waitley will do it. They, this is the first time in a Carlton game where the umpiring has been a real talking point. They will interrogate it to the nth degree. And you know what? Let them do Let it. Them. Let, Let them, them do it. it. You can do it to your heart's content. I don't give a shit because we've been on the rough end of the pineapple all year. And on this night, you know what? We got spared the pineapple. In the last couple could, of minutes, could Gibbons have kicked that goal? No, he couldn't yes. have, and it was absolutely <laughs> magnificent. And but this is and this. No, he could. He kicked the goal against North, um, against Port Adelaide. He kicked one in the first quarter from the yeah, Robbie Gray. No, pocket. but not from not from that far out. But the Gee, interesting thing is he, he followed through with it. It was it was a full on like it wasn't. He didn't caress it. He just he kicked the shit out of that. He hit some hard. Like when he wants to, beautiful, hit real beautiful hard. goal. Yeah. Is it, beautiful look, we're goal. we're obviously going to be biased in the aftermath. A lot of the talk, <laughs> a, a lot of the a lot, a lot of the talk in the aftermath of Robbie Gray's goal was that's the best kick after the siren to win a game you've ever seen. Oh, and they were taking fucking talkback calls about it for five days, and then they were still playing the replay of it when we played next. This goal. Puts that to shame. Yeah, yeah, much better. He's further out. Good, he's harder yeah. on the boundary. The ball's wet. Oh yeah, Ab- look, it was. He, he had to negotiate a fucking film crew. So, so, yeah. Yeah. A yeah. film. He had crew. to negotiate Spielberg and his fucking director of photography out on the boundary. But I, I'm, I'm really wearing their Fremantle jumpers. I'm really hanging out. I'm really looking forward to everyone during the week through gritted teeth. I'm sure. But having to give us a bit of credit and go, oh, yeah, no, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if you heard any of the bullshit after the Port game. People ringing into SEN and all those mm-hmm. others going, oh, how good was it to see the Blues fans fucking heartbroken? Well, shove that up your fucking keisters. You're going to have to live with that one for a week now. Gonna have oh, to, got, play this one. You know what? This is it. Just keep rolling the replay out. I'd have it in the, the box in a box during the game tomorrow. I'd just have it oh. running on a loop. Oh, yes. <laughs> from every angle possible. So, like I said, to everyone in the AFL media, look, was it a free kick to Doherty? Probably not. Should Nunes have taken the kick? No. Do I care? No. No. <laughs> Definitely. So, ultimately, um, I think that being fair with the result, it, look, it wasn't a pretty performance as such. However, Timbo, we fucking battled our socks off and had oh, control that, for the second half, for the majority oh, look, at, of the second at, half. For a very low-scoring game, I think what we've ended have we ended up, was it five goals apiece? Was that, was that the final score? Um, would have been, I think it would have was, been, yeah, been five, 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 six, five, six to five, ten. Yeah. Five, ten. So basically you look at it and you go, in the first quarter, Frio's gotten a cheap free kick against Weedering that Tabernas duly kicked. Um there is a bullshit free kick to Rory Lobb that shouldn't have been paid that he's kicked. They've ended up with three goals in the first quarter. The the goal to Michael Frederick was on the back of 
that Fife doing that Fife stuff, and he showed his class, and and his first quarter performance was probably almost going to be the difference between the two teams in the wash up at the end, which would have shit me because to listen to a week of that would have just driven me spare. Media blackout, Timbo. No, no, and look, this is the thing. You get you get three goals to nothing head start and a five-goal each game. That advantage that they got was mammoth. And if they're clear free kicks, um, you know, on and given that it's a wet, hard, tight day, just um, the advantage that Freo got there and then and that they had the ability to be able to ride throughout the course of the game, if they'd have won, you know, we would have been so bloody cheesed off but we worked hard. We stayed in the game. We kept them honest. We defended both, you know, inside our forward fifty and running out. It was, it was, it was a really meritorious win. It was, it was the genuine reward for effort game, um, and especially the young blokes, guys like, yeah, you know, we'll talk about Cottrell, but Cottrell and Honey to be in and just see that level of want and effort and get the reward at the end of it. I, I just love that these young players get to be able to see that and feel that rather than having to go through three and four years of rubbish like some of our younger players that have been doing their apprenticeship have had to do too. I think that it was just pleasing, Fab, that, you know, we, we spoke, you know, without wanting to harp on about it and go back to it, but, you know, we have played better than that and lost games of football. Um, yep. t- tonight was all about just staying in. And, and, Timbo, you made an excellent point there that those goals, a couple went their way, they get them the good start. What that allows the Dockers to do is just play exactly the way they want to play. They've got the yep. first three goals in a low-scoring game. We can pick and choose when we want to attack. Jordan Lewis had the really good quote the other week that um, you need the next goal, but you don't need it right now. And it was this interesting yep. way to look at it going, yeah, 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 you want to score, but you don't need to score the goal in the next 10 seconds. So from the Freo yep. point of view, we could they could sit back, they could be really circumspect, they could try to attack on counters, etc., and that's what they tried to do. But, um, Fab, what did you make of the boys' endeavour and effort uh, to obviously stay in the game and ultimately get over the line. I thought I thought the grit and determination was first class, whilst our application and execution wasn't um, wasn't at its best. The the grit and determination from everyone was 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 top notch, and that's what's pleasing. Sometimes you just need to grind out games, especially after the start. I think we controlled them. Got to give credit where credit's due. I thought their defence was fantastic. I thought oh, they set up magnificently. Yeah, the the amount of football they had to defend was we, we were just relentless in our pressure. And again, a lot of the times we didn't get reward. Oh, hold on, Fab! You just dropped out on us momentarily. Reward didn't come because we didn't take it when it was on offer. But can't fault the can't fault the. Yeah, you know, the application and the and the endeavour that the boys put in today, absolutely the first class. Well, I think it's worth pointing out um, as well that you know every team's going through their ups and downs with regard to personnel and selection and the like. So you know we've been on the road like a lot of these teams have been for a long time now, and and we're starting to show the battle scars in the sense that David Cunningham, Charlie Curnow, as we know. Matty Cruiser, as we know, Caleb Marchbank's making his way back. Jack Martin's obviously out for the next little bit. Mitch McGovern's out for the next little bit, hopefully getting back soon. Nick Newman's out for the rest of the season. Jack Silvani is obviously joining them as well. It looks like he'll miss the rest of the season too. That's eight guys who are notionally at least in our best 22 and who all perform a function that, A, we've recruited very specifically for them to fill. And on a light night like tonight... Nights like you know days like the North game, even the Port game, like their their personnel that are good enough to make a significant enough difference to either make tonight more comfortable clearly, 
North more comfortable, probably beat Port Adelaide. So I think that that just needs to be put on the table that everyone's got injuries. You know, we saw Collingwood are really battling at the moment. But, geez, these guys that we've got out are huge losses for us. How we want to play. How we've yeah. recruited and built our list to play. I don't think that I don't think it gets enough talk, to be brutally honest. No. And our four, especially our forward line. Oh. What, what a difference Harry Mackay makes tonight. Worked his socks uh, off. In, in having that presence. Yeah, he, he did, you know, he bellied a couple of balls. Three of them. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually... Timbo, this was kind of the result. The performance, you're actually ahead of the curve by about a couple months. But this is the one against <laughs> Melbourne. He, yep. Harry's stats won't make for great reading, but fuck, no. he, at least he tried... And, and, it, and it's not a night for a two hundred and three centimeter forward, but but the the X factor that is Harry is his uh, his speed, his mobility, and, and agility for a guy of his size. He's, he doesn't he's play just, like a two hundred and three centimeter. No, he forward. doesn't. He, and, and he's a scary matchup too because he's as good as he is on a lead. He's getting better right up at um, his highest point, um, but also he's very good. When you know fast transition and the ball goes over the back, he's going to be a handful for anybody, and uh, he's just like he really is a joy to watch. And a, and a wet night like tonight, he he sh- he should be the sort of guy that's being considered to be a late out to bring in a small forward. And and in the end, he was probably from a forward line structure perspective, he was almost our most important player in the second half. Yep, agree, agree. Um, just yep. before, we're going to change change gears just very briefly amongst all the euphoria, um, and just make mention uh, whilst we're obviously um, sort of talking about the game tonight. Uh, many people would have known was obviously a bit made of it in the press during the week, and the, and the club did a really good job of recognising the passing of Henry Gardner, who um, I had the great pleasure of of knowing during my time at the football club, and was was really devastated to hear of his passing on Monday. Um, my old boss at the club sent us a text, a few of us a text to let us know that Henry had passed and, and it was really, yeah, it was really gutting. Um, it's just awful. You know, the club, Tony DeBolfo did a really nice write-up on the website and um, the club has invited those who have worked with Henry to um, sort of write a tribute to him, which will then be passed on to the family. And look, he worked worked at the club for 30 years. He was a, a genuine Mr. Fix-It. Um, you know, anything that you needed done, you pick up the phone to Henry, he wouldn't be too far away. He was always in the middle of helping someone else and um, just the most lovely guy, you know, you could ever meet and the sort of person that football clubs are um, are made on. You know, every club has got someone like Henry and and they are the glue that holds that place together through generations. Um, some may know this, others won't, but just inside the player's entrance to the left is a, is a special spot that, you know, already meant plenty but will mean more in years to come. Um, Henry's, it's a little sort of entertaining area, bar area where the Staff will have um, sort of lunches and sausage sizzles and, and whatnot. I think it was actually built by, um, I think, Sammy Rowe and David Ellard from memory. Sweet. Might have might like. have built it a couple of years ago. Um, but look, yeah, farewell, obviously, to a fantastic Carlton man. Uh, he was loved by generations of staff and player. And um, it was really nice that, A, uh, the, the club obviously recognised him as they did tonight. And, and to get the win, uh, I think once the emotion clears from how they won the game, um, I think the club will be really satisfied that uh, on a night they pay tribute to such a great Carlton man, they're able to get a win. So, um, obviously, uh, rest in peace to H. Uh, you'll be very much missed. Um, we all love you. So, yeah. 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 Well, well said. And, and I think what is also important, Sean, is clubs will always lose people, but they made a fuss about this guy. So it was clear that he wasn't just another guy, that he was he was somebody 
you know, extremely special. Um, and it, it makes it all the more meritorious. So, yeah, could, couldn't be happier for him and his family. Look, he, uh, just before we leave, a little bit's been made of it as well, but he, um, in his early years, he was a, a pastry, like an apprentice pastry chef, and he would uh, delight the staff by bringing in um, particularly the sausage rolls, the homemade sausage rolls, um, which initially were reserved for only, like that was like a really basic, just like one tray, but... Um, pretty quickly they took on a life of their own and he was having to make trays for every department when he bought them in because people were pissed off that missed out. Um, they were absolutely unbelievable. They were so good. You'd see H would walk up the stairs, he'd have his sausage rolls, and you just went, yes. You're let's, guilty. Let's chuck those on because, like, it's quarter past nine. Going, I don't care. Let's throw them on. Um, so, yeah, so, like, obviously, uh, we very much missed and, and fantastic efforts from the club this week to pay tribute to him. So, um, we'll obviously get onto the chicken salads now. Fabian's um, waving in the dark. He's sitting in the dark, Fab. No, no, we, I lost you for a little bit. Yeah, oh. yeah, I lost you too, but yeah, I'm sure you're still making yeah, noise. Yeah, the connection's a bit weird. We had a bit more luck doing the other show just by phone the other day, so I'm not sure if it's just Australia's... It's because you're sitting in a, a different no, spot. I don't think it's that at all, because it was doing it before I moved. I think it's... I'll go, I'll, I'll go with that. I think it's I because that, that everyone in Victoria is just on the internet <laughs> all the time now. All the time, yeah. And yeah, it's just struggling under the strain. So we touched on the chicken salads to get started. Um, we, we obviously already touched on Endeavour, and, and I don't think anyone typified this on the night more than our unanimous best on ground from a Carlton point of view in Ed Curnow. Uh, Fab, there was a bit of chat on Twitter early in the game that Ed's done, we've got to move on, got to move past him. He got us moving when the wheels were spinning sort of early in the game. I thought Ed was phenomenal. I think he was BAG in that game last year too. I reckon he had about 35 last year and had about 25 contested possessions. On a ground ground like Optus where it's a bit more expansive, you need someone like Ed who could just go all day. He just is there. You never see you never see him, you know, lagging to a contest or, or late to a contest or he's just he's there. He's honest, and, isn't and, he? And, and, and these type of conditions where get it and kick it, get it and kick it. You well, know I mean, what I mean? It's just I mean his stats speak for themselves. I'm just quickly going through them here. He's been eighty eight percent. Did he get thirty? Did he get thirty? Yeah, on? yeah. He's been eighty eight percent time on ground. He led all comers with in meters gained with five thirty six. He led all comers in clearances with ten. He had four tackles. Uh he had, I've just lost my AFL fantasy. He was the best um, best performed player on the ground, and he also led all comers with 33 disposals. That's ridiculous. In a short in a game, short game, game. Ridic- yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. So an absolutely super performance from Ed. I just thought for the, for the stick that he gets, and look, we're, everyone's aware of Ed Kuno's, um I don't like using the word shortcomings, but everyone's aware of you know the limitations to his game. But I just, if anyone's hard on him after a performance like that tonight, he was absolutely superb, Timbo. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. He was, uh, it was a terrific game. And I, I think from memory, last year's game, he might have been our acting captain on the day because Cripper didn't. Not, and it's almost like he's gone back to a happy hunting ground and gone, yep, let's just do it again. I think there's a bit of Ed, which is great, a bit of that... Um, we spoke about it last week with guys. We've got a few boys who perhaps wait for someone else to maybe get us going, to get us moving. And I think there was a lot about Ed tonight that was, I'll, I'll do it. Not not in a selfish, no one else is going to do it. Not not that I have to pick everyone up and lift everyone up because he certainly wasn't alone in the endeavour stakes. But just this, just this took it on himself to go, it's my job to be hard. It's my job to get my hands on the footy. It's my job to propel us forward. I thought he was great. A guy who had a quiet-ish... First half, but was absolutely 
out of this world in the second half was um, Sammy Walsh, the yeah. uh, the sister-in-law fab. Um, the, sis- the sister-in-law, he just needed that extra goal just to top off what was, a, he, he, again, like Ed, it was just endeavour there. He's there, he's getting, he's getting his hands dirty, getting the ball moving forward, and then, he, you know, classically took one, but he had an opportunity to kick another. I thought, this bloke, this bloke's building a CV, and people can shit-can him all they want and bring up every other player from that draft. We could not have done any better in getting Sam Walsh. 94% time on ground. He was second for all players with 511 metres, third in clearances of all players with seven, finished in a tie for second most possessions on the ground with 24. Um, the majority of those, like I said, in, a, in an absolutely superb second half, Timbo, where he and he wasn't alone. Ed did it. We're going to speak about Cripper as well, but those three, and, and Walsh in particular, were just, uh, um, it was just extraordinary in, in digging in and just continuing to drive us forward, continuing to make sure we won the ball and give us every opportunity to win. Well, and he's clean when he gets it. He's he's now able to break a tackle where I think he battled to do that last year. And we always talked about when his stature and physicality caught up with um, his football development. You know, he was going to add so many more uh, additional strings to his bow. He he was able to create time for himself, and he's he's he is skillful, and he makes great decisions, and he just he. he it was late in the second quarter. He really started to build, and I, and and I even sent the text message at halftime. I said, "I feel like Walsh is building into the game. Is probably going to win it for us." It just it just had that feeling, and his third quarter didn't definitely didn't let us down. Fun fact: He's now kicked as many goals this year as Connor Rosie. Not hard. Fun fact: <laughs> Just might, might make sure Kane knows that one just before he. He's actually gone a bit quiet, Kane. Connor Rosie, superbly talented player. Mm. Absolutely superbly talented play. No one's ever said anything other than that. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love him, but he's gone backwards this year. His output and his in a better team just isn't there. In a better team, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, but, that, but that, but that happens, and you expect uh, it. And none of us blues is a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, none of us begrudge Connor Rosie. I think we just, you know, in defending Sam Walsh, sometimes we get dragged into that. Yeah, it's just funny, Fab, isn't it? Know. It's just funny to to consider a reality where. Walsh is having one of those seasons and what the chatter would be. Yeah, yeah. They'd, yeah. Be, they'd well, be coming if, for him. Isaac Rankin has, has been... Oh, oh, the kid's a highlight reel, but if Sam Walsh had squandered as many chances as Isaac Rankin has in the last fortnight, there'd be... The, Kane Corns, his head would blow off. Yeah, pop off his shoulders? Pop off his shoulders. Pop right off. Uh, the other, the other guy who was absolutely instrumental, and it was so incredibly pleasing um, to see this man who's, who looks like he's carried a bit of a burden. <sighs> Paddy Cripps, the last, the last couple of weeks, he's, his effort's been absolutely first rate, and, and no one's ever doubted that. It's times he's tried to do a little bit too much, Timbo, but tonight it felt like it was a real back to basics for Cripps. He was absolutely enormous inside the contest. Took the first option, fed his teammates, released the ball. It was everything we've come to expect from him. Late, late tackles as well. Um, he was, you know, strong over the footy. Everything that you expect from him. And and again, this is a guy who sets the bar so very, very high. And and, and I think it's a reasonable thing to say. Our votes throughout the year probably haven't recognised his performance purely for his performance because our demands for him just are so you know lofty. Um, but yeah, it was it was made for him tonight. 
you know, in WA on a wet, heavy ground. Um, and he he was a real warrior tonight. And uh, yeah, he's um, he'll be a very very satisfied footballer after really redlining it the last few weeks, trying to you know make a difference. And uh, to have a few blokes go with him and help him out tonight um, really made the difference. It's an excellent point you make because in the uh, in the notes that I had compiled for our mid season review, Timbo, um, which we may as well just use now and not putting them aside any longer, um, like it, the point you make about Cripps is really well founded because he has been a victim this season of the high expectations that people have on him, but the high standard to which he plays at consistently, he's still in the top three, I think, for total clearances, centre clearances, etc. Contested ball, he's still an absolute beast. But there was this narrative that, oh, geez, Cripper's having a bit of a down year. Oh, geez, Cripper's. See, they're going, well, he's, he's just fab. You know, we, we're just, unfortunately for Cripper, anything less than exceptional is deemed as, oh, that's a bit disappointing. And exceptional also, you know, when he having to carry the side. Now, he's not having to carry the side. So it could, because he's not that, you know, having to throw us on, on his back and take us through every contest and every matchup and every game. It's just, he, he's, he's still having an awesome season. He's just, he's just not having well, the season have to be, he did. He doesn't have to be Superman every week. No, no. no it, but, it, but we're, the reigning, we are better, we're better off for it. Yes. Yeah. He, he is the reigning AFL MVP, and we as a supporter base love recognition. So if we can get a kid that wins a rising star, if we can get a Brownlow medalist, if we can get AFL MVP, I will take it any day because it's worth celebrating. A little bit like winning the FA Cup, actually. But anyway, I digress. Bullshit. Um, oh, but, shut up. But, 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 no, no, I am making a genuine point. But as you sort of say, we as a team will be a better team when there's an even spread of performance. So if we're doing better and we're competing and Cripper's not getting any of the accolades, I can live with that well and truly. Shout out to uh, Ash Gallagher as well, fellow Arsenal <laughs> fan for Timbo. Thanks for starting this. You've created a monster. Speaking of creating... You a lot of this on your own there, Sean. Speaking of creating... I said this last week. If he had just left it alone, we probably would have just ignored you. It just kept going. Um, speaking of creating a monster, I, I throw to Timbo with this next player's name with great trepidation. Keep it tight, Timbo, and keep it in the pants. Tommy Williamson, that was his best game for the year, quite comfortably. Yep. Yep. Um, you mentioned on the text, and you're absolutely spot on, he played with just the right amount of flair, the right amount of dare, exactly what we want him to do. Yep. He was really, really good for us. The word I used was aggression, yes. and that's that's both physicality. He laid some ripping tackles on Nat Fife, um, but he had the the run and the rebound. He took the game on. Um, he uses it well. He's got pace, but he's got size and he's got strength. And it's it, it's just funny that we've all waited two years for this guy. And anybody outside, we, we always say, it, anybody outside of our footy club would just sit there and go, "Who the fuck are you talking about?" And yet we wait the two years, he comes back in and he, he genuinely makes an impact pretty much straight away. And, uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was great to see him get genuine reward for the effort. Um, and on a wet night, I don't reckon he went, went to ground once when he didn't need to. Um, so I just think the, the, the little, you know, it, it's just turned for him. So hopefully this is the beginning of some genuine consistency for the rest of the season. We spoke about it, Fab, and, and in terms of guys, Willow's a great example of it. He's not alone. But just finding what is the trigger, you know, to, to start well. What is the trigger yep. to close a game out? What is the trigger for an individual to go, 
geez, okay, I played well tonight. Why did I play well? How did I get to this place? And I think for Willow, fucking whatever he did tonight, absolutely just do that. Do that. Be, be old Thomas Edison, Timo, and stand out yeah, in the lightning. <laughs> I looked it up. It was Benjamin Franklin. Shit. Hey, thanks, mate. Ke- Kelly, Kelly has joined me in the lounge. She's doing the running man. She's doing, she's doing the running. Is she naked? <laughs> no, she's clothed. She's clothed this. Every time, the reason Tim's asked that, Sean, because every time Timbo and I used to get on the phone and talk Carlton, Kelly would do nudie runs to try and distract me. <laughs> so uh, every time I'm on the phone with Tim, Tim maybe it's a bit Kelly's of, naked. Maybe it's a bit of that movie last night, Fab. Maybe it's a bit of that uh, Shark Attack 3. Well, we <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. No, don't, just don't put to go just there. go to YouTube and put in Shark Attack Three famous line. This isn't a genuine movie, Tim. Put it in later. <laughs> this isn't a, a genuine line from a genuine movie. Don't play it on the pod. It's it's a bit out there. I, I'm writing it down. <laughs> Shark Attack Three famous line. Put that into YouTube and prepare to be blown away. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, sorry, you were saying something about Willow. We can move on. I, I, I think I think I think he's he's got an he's got an appetite to take the game on. And a few times this year, he's been caught out, mm. or maybe going when he shouldn't have gone, or calling for it. Whereas it, it's it's that dare and aggression that that that's a key part to his game. And I think he, he just the balance was right tonight, and it was. Yeah, you want to promote Liam Jones. Liam Jones has that has that nice edge. Liam Jones has that crazy Ukrainian centre back brain fade. (laughs) Who's going? What are you doing, you nutcase? His best is incredible, and then every now and again he'll just make he'll just try and do too much, and it just looks bad. Bad, bad. I I love the I love the because the centre back pairing works really well because he is dovetailing with a Jacob Wiedering, and as we we use the example Mm. that Jacob Wiedering is the. Rio Ferdinand in his prime, yeah. complete Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. He's yeah. the absolute Rolls Royce. And mm. Liam Jones is the flaky, insane, prone to error. Yeah. You know what he is, though? He's actually not the centre back pair. He's Fabian Barthez. Yeah, yeah. Or that, uh, or that Colombian uh, goalkeeper that would do the. Chilever. Rene Higuita. Higuita. Yeah. No, but he is. He's Fabian Barthez. He'll pull off the most ludicrous save you've ever seen in your life, and then he'll pass the ball to Thierry Henry. Standing on the edge of the box, <laughs> you know, or, or he'll go for a he'll go for a run. What did that? I, fa- I, I recently placed uh, Fabian Barthez in my ultimate fiver side. I, I did say that Fab justifiably because <laughs> he could play. He, he could play, you know, the ball at feet. Alex so. Ferguson said the quote. They said, "How do you when you signed him? And he was playing some preseason games and he was doing this, that, the other. He was carrying on, and someone uh, Fergie made the quip because I didn't realize I thought I'd signed a goalkeeper, not a left back." Yeah. They used to catch. They used to, used to catch him oh, in brilliant. the laundry room having a fag <laughs> with the guys. I could see Jonesy they, doing shit like that. They'd be they'd be in a team meeting. Shit, where's Fabian Bartez? They're going to the laundry room and he's out there having a fag with with the the kit man. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you sent the text through. Um, with three. Oh, just on Willow, sorry, quickly. You're absolutely spot on. I think it's about encouraging him to be that daring and, yep. and wearing that occasionally he's going to flub the line or whatever it might be, but just wearing that um, uh, the downside because the upside is so so incredibly worthwhile. So um, the other guy that you pointed out, Fab, you made the made mention of him. He didn't, didn't have a, a huge night stat-wise as such. I'm going to bring up his stats. Where is he? Um, Zach Fisher only had the 11 touches, but you made the point. Ooh. 
or the slippery fish. You made the point, and I think you're absolutely 100% correct. Would you like to make that point on pod? We are a much, much better football side when Zach Fisher is playing. He is, and I'm going to say, and people are going to, some people might laugh, he's undroppable. He should be. Yeah. He, oh, completely. He, and, and, and I said it last week, you know, the whole, you know, you know, get someone at the bloody breakfast buffet and just force your way into this side. Fork him. <laughs> Do whatever it takes, Timbo. He is too good. Now, ultimately, he'll push into the midfield and play more minutes. He's crafty. He's, yeah, he had that one error with the handball where um, Reese Conker. I think he just overthought it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he's just so clean. He's so clean and so crafty. And he, read, yep. he, he reads the game and he's ahead of the game. So. He was actually fifth, uh, fifth amongst his teammates for metres gained, which is. Um, an encouraging statistic showed he was getting a fair bit of the ball, which was great. Um, no, look, I completely agree. I thought Zach Fisher, um, when it was important to get his hands on the ball and be clean in the second half, that was when he did his work and he, and he certainly was able to propel us forward. He was, he was very good, very encouraging and easy to forget. Second run of a pretty substantial layoff. So he'll hopefully grow in confidence, grow in fitness as the, the season winds to a close. Um, I thought Tom DeConning was another positive. Um, I thought he was a real... Not, not a standout as such. We don't want to get carried away. It wasn't – we're not talking about Max Gorn here. But I thought it was a really good matchup for him, particularly Darcy, in terms of a guy that's a little bit ahead of him in terms of development and exposure. Didn't lower his colours. And, Tim, I, I think what you want to see from a guy like him, young young Ruckman, coming in, playing at the senior level, he ticks, ticks a lot of boxes, fought for front spot, yep. you know, was able to get his hands on the ball first, followed up his work at ground level. We've been waiting to see this for a while from TDK, and he's beginning to show that he's got some stuff to work with. Yeah, and look, we've you're right. We've all seen reserves games. We've seen practice matches. We've seen training sessions that he's done, and you've, we all look at him and go, this kid's got something without any shadow of doubt. And the, the one thing that my fear all during the week when you thought what's going to happen with ins and outs and all that sort of stuff, if Harry Mackay comes back in at whose expense is it, you just sort of thought, I don't want it to be at DeConning's expense, but your biggest fear was presence. And could he go up? And, and you know, the fact that he was going up against Lobb and Sean Darcy, who are two big, big guys, um, to be coming in at 20 or 21, I think he's 20 actually, you, you thought he had every chance to be able to um, really lack presence, really lack the ability to be able to continue to compete. Um, and it just didn't happen. And, and and in the end, I was actually hoping that he might have even pinch hitted a little bit more down forward than probably what he did. But, you know, obviously attacking forays were, genuine attacking forays were so very few and far between. Um, but uh, but I loved what he did tonight. And even when, you know, he'd keep his feet when the ball was on the ground, he'd be a genuine chance to be able to get a ball out or keep keep the, the, the quick, short handball moving to be able to uh, let some guy um, release and then provide a, a, another attack. And uh, he, he just was not out of place at all. And, and every game you get into Tom DeConning, we're a better football, football team because of it. Completely agree. Do you have any thoughts on TDK, Faber Ganoush? No. He, he, he battled all day. I don't think the conditions suited him as far as showing how good he is, you know, below his knees. But um, no, I thought he battled. He battled really well. Levi did, you know. Levi. I think you know, Levi was a good out. option. He, he was a good option, particularly against a guy like Lob, who um, 
much to everyone else's benefit, doesn't seem to want to play his best position, Rory. I think Rory's could potentially be one of the best first rucks in the competition, but Rory wants to be a forward. Um, I think someone needs to tell him, no, you're not. <laughs> so you're going to play in the ruck because when you play in the ruck, predominantly you're very good. But, yeah, mm. Levi was and obviously... He, he can also, you know, you can also sit behind the ball because mm. he, he's, got, he's got one of the best sets of hands in the AFL, Rory Lobb. I mean, you can just imagine him down the line trying to, you know, outmark him all the time. So I think Fremantle have got a weapon there they're not using correctly, but... Uh, I think they want to. The, the, the best thing they could do is trade Sean Darcy. Like Ooh, if you wow. traded Sean Darcy to Sydney, who are screaming for a ruckman, and it just means, hey Rory, you're, you're our only ruckman. <laughs> yeah, is, that, is, that, is that Moneyball style when uh, well, when Art when Art wants to play? Um, what's his name? What's he wants to play? Pena. Carlos Pena yeah. at first. Pena. He goes, "Well, you can't because we traded for Detroit. Playing for Detroit. That's right. You can't keep playing Sean Darcy in the ruck because he plays with the Swans now. So had a Berg starting at first. Anyone but Mags out of the pen first. And then, and then lastly, just on the chicken salads, there were a lot we could sort of go on about it, you know, um, Jack Noon's kick for goal we covered, but really, really not nice debut from a, a Josh Honey. You know, he didn't get a, a whole lot of the ball, didn't get it a ton of times, but he, Fab, you've always been big, you've always been real big on just, we need to see something, just need to see little glimpses, just, you know, and, and, t- touches. And Timbo did, that's right, it's just, it's just showing that you, you've got something, and I think he, he showed that he's got Something and you know, and it wasn't a f- phenomenal game, but he's only had the four touches. But it's funny yeah, but because he's put himself in amongst it, which is which is good. And that's the same thing with Cottrell last week. Cottrell didn't have a phenomenal game last week, but put himself in amongst it, show something, show some endeavor, if anything else. And no, nah, it's I think what was spot. pleasing for me with, with Honey was um, he's only had the four, but. He actually picked the ball up really well a couple of times below his clean, knees, competed clean, clean. really well. Yep. Um, I just think there's something there. You can see why there's been a bit of buzz about him at that lower level, particularly where there's a lot more space. Um, I think yep. he would have really shone in those scratch matches. That there was a third In the third quarter, there was a contest over on our half-forward flank on the far side of the ground where they were out, um, and it was like a three-on-one, but he was able to put just enough pressure on each of the guys that were trying to handle the ball that meant that they didn't release the ball until a lot later. Mm-hmm. And so our, we would have been able to get set up in defence in behind it. And it's, as you say, you don't get a stat for that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. any line coach that's cutting up the tape is just going to say, Josh, yep. that's your job. You've done it absolutely just, to perfection. And he it was just good delayed to see. them long enough Spot on. to, Spot to on. give us a bit better shape to defend. Yeah, and, and there was the kick earlier in the game we talked about, we, we highlighted when Gibbons kicked the long ball um, to Nunes on a lead, and it should have been a two-on-one, but it, the kick by Gibbons was just good enough to be able to separate it. And Nunes competed, but it went out of bounds, but it went out of bounds 50 metres further up the ground than it otherwise would have, and that's what ended up resulting in the Casbolt goal. And just sometimes in those wet games, it's a little bit like a game of rugby where field possession and uh, position and territory are all important, and in the end we were able to launch an attack from a far more attacking position purely because of a kick. Was that the Cottrell goal? It, yeah, it came off Le- the back. You're right. Le- You're Levi right. gives it to him. Yeah. You're right. Um, well, obviously, we'll just move on to the chicken shits now. And look, to be honest, in the uh, immediate aftermath of such an exhilarating result, and we've said that a lot, haven't we? It's not, I think, against Port, people got annoyed about the result rather than the performance. The performance was positive. The result was not. Tonight, the result is positive. The performance is all right. 
Um, so we don't want to sort of you know labour um, what we all know is pretty obvious or self-evident, but just a bit of execution at times. You know, we certainly had enough chances to really put them under the pressure. Um, I suppose that our effort deserved. You know, Timbo, I think we worked so hard for the majority of that second half and just we're cribbing towards them. We're just inching towards them rather than overrunning them. Yeah, and look, we had some guilt-edged opportunities. Yeah, Nunes ran into an open goal that he should have iced. Uh, we Gibbons, said Sam Gibbons Walsh, had a half chance? Half Sam, chance. Sam um, Walsh. Yeah, Sam Walsh you know, ran in from 40 and probably should have executed. Um, and then Harry Mackay had his two or three bellies of the ball when, you know, they, they were they were certainly not gimmies, but, you know, good ASL footballers kicked those goals. So um, there was chances there. Obviously, Jones. Liam Jones's shot late, you know, he should be good enough to be able to execute it. If, if Eddie was smart enough as to where he stood and what he did, he might have been able to get the ball in a position that he could have finished as well. In the end, we didn't need it. We get it. But again, you know, we found ourselves in an awkward position. We had to work our way out of it. We were up against it all day. The effort was there. And somehow we've had the miracle end. But, you know, two minutes to go, we could have been three goals up. I think, you know, the funny... And, oh, no, totally agree. You know, the funny thing is, Fab, like a lot of the talk, um, I didn't didn't buy into or read any of it. I think, uh, I think Nick Rewalt wrote a piece, um, that guy, the ex-Melbourne assistant coach. What's his name, Timbo? He's on SEN every week. He was at Melbourne um, recently. He was at Essendon before that. Not Mark Riley. No, no, no. He's Carlton too. No, he's a system guy. He's not in the system anymore. And it's funny because like everyone listens to him and they're like, oh, what a great tour. I listen to him and think, what a fucking blowhard this guy is. <laughs> this is why you're not in the system anymore because you're fucking sniffing your own farts. Yeah, um, I didn't mind Revolt's article because he because he, he recognised that, the, that there is ability and he's just saying we haven't seen it yet and... You know, he's saying these are the guys that bona, that are bona fide. He's not wiping anyone off. He's not saying people can't play, but he's saying you've recruited these guys for a reason. We just haven't seen it. And and you sit there and he, it wasn't disrespectful, but it raised the question, whereas the Mark Robinsons of the world or the Caroline Wilsons of the world would say, these guys can't play. It's been a failure. Silvani should be sacked, which obviously he's already gone. But the, it, those grandstanding statements, at least revolt, he was just a. He, he sort of asked the questions, sort of pushing towards a conclusion, but just saying that the jury's not yet out. However, you would want to see X, Y, and Z, and you're going, yeah, you're right, Nick, you're right. But a lot of these criticisms um, generally come from guys saying closing out games, winning games, and you sort of go, yep. well, there'll be people. Make no mistake. So we move now. We have the win tonight. There'll be people out there not satisfied who then make the argument, oh, well, uh, you know, they needed to win uh, the kick after the siren, so, um, you know, where does that put them? Oh. There'll be that chatter <laughs> after this. tantamount to a loss. Yeah, no, exactly right. There will be. There'll be the chatter after the game that we go from, oh, they've just got to learn to win. They've just got to learn to win. Whereas if um, Brisbane today, same really flat performance, pretty ordinary against a really struggling team, oh, good teams just find a way, Fab. Good teams just find a way to get the result. <laughs> but that'll be the fucking chatter. Bet yeah, your bottom dollar. Carlton get out of jail with a bit of luck. They shouldn't have been in there. Oh, it was a lucky decision. It was a lucky kick. Whereas everyone else wins a game like that, good teams win ugly. That's what they do. Yep. That'll be the chatter. So, Fuck them, Sean. Fuck them. Right. Oh, oh, you better believe I'm going to. Um, I think that the other thing clearly is just close finishes. We've been in quite a few this year. I think it's our fifth under 10 points, our fifth result. So I think we're three yep. and two. Um, look, that's just we, – we keep using the word that's just part of the journey that a team that's developing in the manner that we are is on, that 
we don't win. We're not even in these games last year by, you know, not just not talking about the Frio game as such, but these games, we're not really in them last year. We're not in the position yep. to be annoyed about losing a close one or relieved about winning a close one. We're not in them. We're not winning. We're not getting anywhere near a result. So Four out of those close ones, though, Sean, we, for the most part, I reckon we dominated them. Probably. North Melbourne was a close one, dominated. Geelong was a close one. Yeah, and Geelong had their chances in the last to win it. That came from seven goals down. Yeah. We, we, we did th- three quarters of that game. We absolutely spanked them. Yep. Uh, Melbourne, we dominated for three quarters and we lose that game somehow. Essendon. We dominated all games. I, I, I thought we played phenomenal against Essendon and yep. somehow we were queuing up to the last goals quarter and we're, we're, yeah. we're two goals down. So, yep. And, obviously and, the port. The, and the Port game's the obvious one where we, we'd probably outplayed them. And um, But again, good teams find a way, Sean. Well, we'll wait and see if that's the friggin' chatter or if it's about, oh, it shouldn't have been this or it shouldn't have been that or they should they should be, oh, the AFL, they should reverse the result. There'll, there'll be someone will say that. Mark, <laughs> you bet your bottom dollar, someone will say it. Maybe even someone with a profile. We'll wait for that. Let them. Let them. should be an action, a casuit against them because they were wrong. Um we're going to go to the mailbox now. <clears throat> we put the put the question out of the mailbox. Bear with me whilst I go through the mailbox. Um, Big Daddy Bagger at 17 incoming on Twitter. Uh, he went after Murph pretty early in the game and he's pretty consistent uh, with his message into us here. Murphy has to be dropped for Dow. Can't keep wasting time on sentiment and reputation. Uh, Bet's only playing because we don't have a replacement. Kerno is the only one out of Simo, Betts and Murph to play on next year. Time wasted. Look at Frio's kids, all guns. So, he look, he was big on that from pretty early in the game. He got in touch with us and wanted Murph dropped. About I like I liked Murph's. About two minutes into the match. You, you've got to look at Murph's work. Don't, you know, out in space and stuff. And yeah, no, I didn't get a lot of it. But Murph does a lot of things that other players just can't do. So, if I, I, I'd go easy on Mark Murphy. I think that people get hung up on – and I, I put the tweet to someone. They were, they were going after – one of them, someone went after Ed real early which was bizarre. I thought he was playing quite well, and they went after Ed. Um, no but if, you, if you're cataloguing players' individual mistakes on a night like tonight, slippery, really ordinary conditions, mm. tight contested game, like, I just think that's it's unfair on, on the individual, especially oh, yep. he's kicking blind. They're going, well, everyone's doing that. Yep. Oh, Frio's yep. players are guns. Go, let's just pump the brakes on this narrative for one second. Frio's kids didn't get them in the position they were in. They were fine. I thought um, I thought Brayshaw did some nice things. I thought Chero had a quietish night. I thought Sarong did some okay things. Um, it was Nat Fife who was the danger man when totally. Frio were on top, not and the, the kids. Two, the two blokes behind the ball, um, Liam Ryan, Brennan Cox. Is it Liam Ryan? Uh, no, it's Luke Ryan. <laughs> yeah. It's his cousin. <laughs> it's his cousin. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> He's once white. <laughs> Adopted. Adopted cousin. Uh, Stephen Ward got in touch. Uh, Williamson was great. TDK, real promise. Cripper led the way in the second half. Fisher's second half, outstanding. Uh, like the look of Cottrell. Need to play more kids. Um, Did Cottrell think uh, Nat Fife was playing for us? During that, you see, pinpointed him a couple of times. He, he was he was one bloke on his own, on the own on his own in the middle of four guys that had five meters of space each, and he put it right on Matt Fife's chest. And Timbo, I know I know good players stand in the right spot, but uh, major yeah, major was, league style. You know when Willie Mays Hayes makes the basket catch and yes. he comes off the field. Don't and, ever fucking do it, Blue again. Brown. Don't ever fucking do that again. That would be me to Cottrell. I'd go. We won the game, Matty, but never, ever, ever. 
I don't care that you're off balance. Never kick corridor when we're <laughs> up against it. Let alone the, <laughs> one of the most dangerous well, players just, on the ground. As he hits it, you just go. Just don't go there. Just don't, go long. Make a mistake. Make a long one. Spot. Oh, shit, it's gone there. And not only has it gone there, fucking snap five. Mm. <laughs> Can celebrate a goal, though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he made it count, didn't he? Good on him. I mean, if you're a lifelong Carlton supporter, I mean, you remember when David Zaharakis kicked the goal in the Anzac Day game to be able to win in his first year, being a lifelong Eston supporter. He went nuts, and good luck to him. The guy who sat next to me at that game ripped the chair out of the gutter. <laughs> Well, like the incredible Hulk. Hollywood <laughs> supporter. You won't like it when he turns What, he genuinely ripped it from its, like, the bolt? He, he, he kept bashing the, uh-huh. the, the seated part so much, and then he just ripped it and, like, threw it on the ground and walked off. It's a him. very typical Collingwood supporter. I, I was him, I, I was there with seven other Collingwood supporters, and it was, Why would it was you just unfortunate. I, I, I couldn't enjoy because it was Essendon, but... I don't know why you do it to yourself. Going to a game that doesn't involve your team is weird. I don't. I've done it once. No, I've taken Kelly. Take Kelly to Anzac Day a few times. Uh, I've done it once. I just thought this isn't for me. It's just boring. I just lose interest. I'd go to an Anzac Day game every year, and I'd go to the game, and I wouldn't even know who I was going to barrack for. And and a minute before the game, barrack for a meteor to hit the fucking G. (laughs) Well, no, I I know, but you just sit there and you're going. You just you kind of all all you ever wanted to see was a contest. And maybe a couple of injuries, but uh, um, <laughs> it's like a but, NASCAR yeah. event. <laughs> Just want to see a couple of flips, couple of spills, a couple of flaming uh, cars in the infield. Um, we've got uh, Tim W. Blue Irons, um, who a very Carlton game for the duration of the match, except for the last bit. It never happens to us. Absolutely spot on. Um, forward half entries remain an issue, but we contested well and never out of it. Uh, he asked the question: Is TDK now our number one ruck? Um, no, probably not. Cruiser's in number one, right? No, well, Cruiser's f- not fit. I think he means no. like at this instant. Um, potentially, I would imagine Pitnet will miss at least one more. Um, it, it would also depend. Sure. Oh, you just dropped out on us, Timbo. TDK to this guy Who and another next Gold Coast. So Jared Witts. So he'd right. probably go all right against Witts. Very true. Wits is in good form. Oh, Wits is a good footballer. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Tina Shea, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Excuse me, Daniel. Uh, can I get a Caesar chicken salad for Jack Nunes? Because that shit was fit for a world conquering emperor. <laughs> don't disagree, Daniel. We gave him a big shout out at the top. Jack fucking Nunes. That's yeah. absolutely outstanding. Uh, Ashley yeah. King, join you, Fab. That's the first time I cried after a Carlton game. Wonder if he went out and sat in his car. Sometimes I, I, I didn't want my kids to see it. So. <laughs> they yeah, would, yeah. They would have been confused because you would have gone, "You're so happy, but now you're crying." Well, <laughs> well, it's actually funny. Obviously, my boys are all in bed and asleep, but um, Torrin, when he wakes up in the morning, will probably at some point come down and watch the game. And I'm intent on trying to keep the result from him, yep. so that he can get to the end and go, "Oh my God, Dad, you won't believe what just happened." He's got, and, you've uh, got bad news, Timbo. He's an avid listener of the program, and he'll be listening. <laughs> he's listening right he's, now. He's waiting. He's waiting for the, for the upload. Um, MJ, Mickey J, one eighty. Uh, which one of our back six go out when March Banks fit? That's actually quite a good question. To be honest, it's a great question. Um, actually, to, I think it's probably more about reshuffling. I think that someone like Samo potentially moves Samo out. Moves. Yeah. And then the, the, the Cottrells and the Honeys probably just yeah. make way for more senior bodies. Yeah. Um, and Samo, Samo gets to go up. 
and play on the ball. If we're going to play 14 games in four days... That's a lot of games in four days. days, um, (laughs) I think it's going to be harder on us than the players, Tim. Yeah, look, there's probably going to have to be three or four people that are getting um, a break at some point through that. So if we've got guys like Dow and O'Brien that are all queuing up to be able to play anyway, that we're getting McGovern back and Cunningham, um, Marchbank coming back in. When these guys get the opportunity... It, it, there'll just be a little bit of natural attrition and management that is just going to see a spot open up. And it's just going to be a, a question for the um, the match committee and, and the Andrew Russells of the world who understand how guys are running, what their outputs are like, who needs the week off. I think we've been relatively well-managed, though, given the buy, given the quarantine in Perth. We haven't really had any crazy breaks. This will be the first time we're exposed to it. And even then, it's not they're not atrociously bad breaks. So it'd be interesting to see how we manage it. Um, Jay Hyatt, shout out to Jay. Uh, Chicken salad, noons to the cameraman. Fucking move, mate. I did like that. Yes. Oh, it was weird when we sort of going to the umpire, not the umpire, like if I was in that position and I'm the cameraman, I'd be sitting there going, yeah, why wouldn't I move? Yeah. We're yeah, all yeah, watching you, you, dickhead. Yeah, yeah, when sure. You, when you move the, the cables, when you move the cables, did you expect the screen to go black? I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, get out of the way, dickhead. Um, you just got to find a couple. I love uh, it. He did, he did turf the uh, the Bunnings chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. That was always going to happen. Uh, Hickey Jam, Juddernaut81. James, very nice man. Uh, changes for next week, he asked. It's hard to know how we pull up. Um, it's it, Matty Kennedy was on his. We said last week he's on his shift work at the moment. He has one up, one down, one up, one down. Tonight was his one down, so he would potentially um, be on the, the lip. The conditions, the conditions took his strengths away. He, yeah. he's, mar- he's marking in the last, and um, and he, he did compete for a couple today. It's just, it just too wet. Yeah, yep. he would be one maybe. Um, who could come? But once again, we all obviously need to know guys like Dow O'Brien. Um, uh, obviously, Marchbank got through, you know, second, third, fourth hitouts today. So, how they pull up over the next uh, couple of days? Obviously, we go back into the hub. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose this early in the week, we don't know what the situation with Gov is. Is, is McGovern going to be fit to, to return? So we probably the, need. The early comments were made that they seem to think that those guys would be back for Gold Coast. Yeah. So. So we um, probably need to figure out what they're looking like before we commit to anything. So Andrew Russell's injury report will be illuminating. Um, Ed Walton, so, uh, for the last one, uh, he's, he's uh, questioned Simpson, Murphy and Betts, who plays on next year? Um, depending on how it shakes out, oh, look, I think Murphy stays on. Yep. Um, I think he gets one more year. Bets, I think it all comes down to what we target, what we bring in. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to hinge on hinge on that pretty heavily. And then obviously list composition, what what are the list sizes, who who takes, is it down to 36, 38, et cetera? That's going to, I think, determine um, a lot of that list management strategy. Uh, and look, Simo, oh, look, I've been pretty consistent. I, I think that, that particularly with the Nick Newman coming back, particularly with Doc back in the team, with Willow's development, with Marchbank coming back, I just don't know where we play Simo. So no, I, I think it could I, be the I runner. Think, look, he's he will still give you effort, but we always hear a lot of people say that when the end comes, it comes very quickly. 
and and for Simo, I think there's been a decline, a, a significant decline in each of the last probably three years. And I think with that in mind, I, th- I think you just sort of say, we're not going to let you fall off the edge of a cliff, cliff Simo. Let's, let's, it's a shame that it's been such an odd season, but I think you just make sure that there's just enough fanfare in the, you know, the next six or seven weeks to be able to lead up to be able to say, okay, and, and this is where you'll, um, you'll um, take your hat off and hang it on the cloak rack at the end of the season, Simo. Who, so, who, uh, who tried to end his career tonight? Uh, Ed Kerner. Ed Kerner tried to, nearly tried to end his life. <laughs> it was the best Falcon. <laughs> of, of, I've, I've, never, I've never in any sport, I don't think I've ever seen a more brutal Falcon than that it was one. pretty full on. It actually, I saw Wayne Rooney Falcon, a spectator. Oh, that was a long way away though. Like that was a... The ball had to travel into the crowd. She had no idea it was coming. I completely though. understand, but Kate Simpson was a metre and a half away from the ball. Was, I, and I think there was one where Craig Bradley kicked Jamie Dersma of uh, Melbourne at the time in the face. But I think he half pulled the kick. But I don't think – I can't even remember whether the ball got him or just his foot got him. Um, but uh, Jamie Dersman was pretty tough, so um, he uh, he survived that one. But uh, unbelievable! Yeah. Um, our player of the year. I actually haven't tabulated the votes from last week. I completely forgot to do that. But I'll get to that uh, probably tomorrow. Um, we were actually unanimous. We'll post, I, I we'll post it. it. I think it might have been for the first time this season. Our three, two, and one was unanimous. Um, well, there's been some crazy voting here and there. Crazy sure, voting. So, wow, yeah. there's been some shockers. I did warn. Just from the backlash of some of the fans out there on Twitter, I did warn Fabian against. He was thinking about flirting with no, giving no, no, Murphy no, it wasn't, a vote. Wasn't, wasn't so. I just said I like what he's. And doing. And I thought they'll come for you. And I think you. No. I think you. Uh, the tw- the text was. I think you. Uh, I'm loving, coward. loving Ed's game. Loving Ed's game. You're a cowardice. I think. I think I warned you about Murph, and you thought, okay, no, no, I don't no, need no. that heat. No, no, no. I'll, I'll. I'll Fucking vote how I want to, mate. All right. The, the bloke who went close to voting for me tonight that we haven't talked about yet was Plough. I thought Plough mm. was really dour, and he, mm. he would have made a couple of mistakes, but I just thought he, was he cleaned right. up really well. No, he, was he, right. he was he was good. He was okay. Michael was Walters was very off colour. Yeah, thank God. But, um, you know, he might not have been right. A lot of teams like doing that against us, and it really shits me up the wall. They'll play guys off no prep because they think. Like Hawthorne did it, and credit to Hawthorne, they got the result. But they they sit, they target us and go, we'll just bring everyone, bring all these guys. I'm I am stunned that they didn't play Cam McCarthy because he only ever plays well against us. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. When on. I saw that he spot played on. in the scratch match, I was like, fucking thank God. I'm putting everything on Carlton. I was like, because he usually kicks the two or three RC goals. He never oh, plays well against anyone he but us. Four last time against us. Can we speaking about we've spoken about it, Tim? What about the one where he was kicking it to Nat Fife's lead, completely overcooked it, and just floated through anyway? <laughs> um, the Brock McLean, oh, Levi's Brock McLean special. <laughs> uh, so we all went. You know, what about the Tommy Bell in? Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide. Oh, Adelaide, Adelaide, yeah. Um, we all went uh, Ed Kerno for three, Sam Walsh for two, and Paddy Cripps for the one. Um, so obviously the, the fan vote is out there as at uh, at the moment. People are putting in their votes for that, which is great. So I might just tabulate the two at the one time, um, and we'll have our uh, leaderboard as of tonight locked in. Um, I suppose we'll close up. We play the Suns. There's actually not really, uh, in terms of looking back at past results against the Suns, which we want to do. As we wrap up, looking forward, uh, we play them next Friday night. Uh, I haven't had too many games against them, to be honest with you, apart from probably the first time we played them. We beat them by 120 points. Um, I, I backed us to win by 100 plus and got odds of $16. Wow. 
That seems a, generous. Tails of the punt. Yeah, had a hunt. I reckon I had a hundred on it too. And oh, I was at uh, tails of the punt. I was at Elisa's cousin's wedding, getting scores as we were going along, and you're sitting there going, "We'll get this." And jeez, uh, I was happy. Jesus. <laughs> um, that was that night, their first ever game? That was their first yeah, ever game? Yeah, because they had a bye in round one, um, and so we played them round two, and uh, some bozo, it might have been... Uh, it was Hutchie. Hutchie said, I, I reckon they'll win this. Yeah, Hutchie and, goes, and Hutchie's like, doing that thing where he goes, I think, a, I think they're a chance, I think they're a sneaky they chance. Real, they've got some real talent well, on this sneaky list. chance so tonight, like, yeah, and I'm sitting, there going, I'm sitting there I actually thought, when I heard him say that, I thought, not to be, not to be too confident or whatever, I thought, we will shit this in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were always going to win by a bit, and you, you knew that the odds were – it was false form, and and yes, it was a grandiose statement, but you thought, we'll win by over 100. Um, but you They've done us you, over a few times, though. Well, oh, that's man, the well, problem. Tom, Tommy Lynch has destroyed us on a few occasions. We, he doesn't we, play for him anymore, thank God. Well, that's right. We played him two years ago, um, and it was the week that um, I went up with um, – uh, Brent Gleeson and uh, Matty Skeel and Steve Fitz and a few of the boys. Shout out to Steve. Um, and that was the day Paddy Dow kicked a fantastic goal yes. Um, to yes, you know really put us in control on the start of the last quarter, it might have been. And it was also the night that Stephen May almost destroyed Jacob Wiedering with about two minutes to go in the game. And I thought Jacob Wiedering had broken his leg. Um, in the end, he just uh, he just had a really really bad corky, but uh, I, I thought he I thought he'd ended him. In it a couple of those phenomenal. games, that was um, that was Saturday night game. Yeah, it was twenty seventeen. In a couple of those games at Marvel, three years ago yeah. um, at Marvel, Tom Lynch like put on no joke some of the best well some of the best displays from a leading forward. One of the nights he kicked eight, he was just going back from fifty and putting them through post high. Yeah, and yeah. he sort of just going. Jesus. On Sam Rowe. Well, terrorising Sam Rowe. <laughs> Poor Sammy, first-class defender, first-class man, a um, little bit out of his league going up he against a, a very, very informed to go with Lynch. Yeah. Well, well yeah. the one thing I do recall, speaking of memories of Gold Coast games, Sean, and we talk about this often on the pod. Do we? Bongo <laughs> camp. Bongo camp. Jesus, that was frightening. Fabian, uh, Fabian, Fabaganoush had a sniff. He had the smell of victory in his nostrils, and he thought, you know what? I'm going to go to a game of football, which is a pretty rare occurrence for Fabian, these days at least. Um, but he thought, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to a game because I'm thinking we're going to win this one. And you were regretting that about 15 minutes into the game. About two yeah. minutes in. Well, at least I stayed for the entire, entire game. The North Melbourne game, I was I was on the uh, I was on CityLink at, during the third quarter. <laughs> I like the... That bongo cam, just for people's uh, context, I think it was the first quarter, I think. Quarter time. It was a quarter time. We were five goals down or something? Yep. We were five, goals down, but we were, we were five goals down, but we were playing well, Timbo. Um, and the club flashed a bongo cam <laughs> and we were asking the crowd to play a set of, yeah. like, charade yeah, bongos. No, I won't fucking do that because this is disgusting. <laughs> the only person who's making a fool of themselves, Andy Tate style, Fabian, was uh, Brendan Bolton. What a joke. <sighs> what an absolute no, really. joke of a fucking tenure that was. Jesus. Leave Brendan alone. Don't dance on his I just wanted to, I just wanted to go on the boundary and just grab the microphone off Pete Laser. Pete Laser. Just give, give the players a serve. <laughs> they should let that happen. They should let that. Yeah, so what do you think? You know, do, do you think the, the you know the boys will be all right? 
Pete, shut the fuck up. How old are you, young man? You're going 38. Now (laughs) shut up. Well, it was the interview with Steve Canelio at halftime on Thursday night. And they go, so what's going on out there? Steve goes, we're hopeless. It was like, whoa, okay, do not hold back. We don't don't need to labour about the Gold Coast because we've only played them about 10 times. Um, But Stephen Canelio, before we leave the pod, fantastic result tonight, outstanding finish. I think we're all on a high. Um... I've got a hot take for you, Faber Ganoush. We dodged a bullet not paying Stephen Cornelio huge money. I'll give him the time. I'll give him another year. Lewis Hamilton just got pole. <laughs> Fucking what's new, mate? He's driving the best car ever put on a Formula One grid. Like, He's driving ca- a Ferrari. Like, who cares? In a class of, Toyo- in a class of Toyotas. It's ridiculous. It's The whole sport is in a shambles because they refuse to let anyone else challenge them. And the worst thing is... We want to make this a Formula One podcast, but the worst thing is they're going to appease Mercedes for this six, seven-year run in the hybrid era, and then as soon as the wheel starts to turn, Mercedes will just leave. So they've spent all this time appeasing Mercedes, stay in the class, no, stay, stay, stay in the class. And then as soon as anyone starts to challenge them, they'll just pack up their stuff and fuck off. So no one will have the satisfaction of dethroning them, like you know what usually happens with a dominant team in whatever the sport may be. No one gets to actually knock them out and take the belt. So it's a joke. Anyway, um, what were you talking about? Stephen Cornelio, you're, you're willing to give him you know, more time because yeah, he's Italian. Yeah, a little Italian. bit more time. That was a pretty serious knee that he came off at the yeah. end of last year, so um, you can't expect him to hit the ground absolutely running on top of the ground. I'm just watching the replay of this goal by checking. It's ridiculous. It's a cracker. It's scarcely yeah. believable. Like, it's genuinely, yeah. I don't know where the media are going to go because they could not have jerked Robbie Gray off any more for his kick. It was a beautiful kick. It was a great goal. He was red raw for weeks. He probably hasn't recovered. He's probably got severe chafing because he couldn't. there wasn't enough Robbie Gray to go around for everyone to have a yes. go at him. But after that from Jack News, that is the best kick to win a game of football ever. Justin Longmuir is a broken man in the Good. Uh, 3-0 kick. <laughs> yep. Good. Oh, wow. I, I just can't believe I was there for the game last year. It was one of the greatest finishes to a game of football ever. Blankets. You just sit there and you're going, blankets game. I could have been there tonight. Wow. Could have, could, have, could, have, could have had the orange blankets on the Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think I've got a good song to close us, uh, Fab. I've just thought of it. I think I've got a good song to see us out. It'll start playing any moment now and you can enjoy it. But I think that wraps us up for today. So thank Absolutely. you very much for everyone for listening, for joining us, and who contributed to the mailbox. We obviously didn't get through all of the tweets because there was quite a few of them. Um, but we appreciate them all. Absolutely. For me, Sean Peterbutch, thank you very, very much. For Dr. Tim Davis, cardiologist. <laughs> Tonight. Tonight. It, it is always a pleasure when fucking Jack Nunes can Jack nail fucking that goal at the Jack fucking Nunes. <laughs> it's like Lee Harvey Oswald. It is Jack fucking Nunes. <laughs> Nails that one. Still a sharpshooter. That's a good. Well, allegedly, <laughs> no one's really exactly sure. Right. At least exactly right. Nunes from the grassy knoll. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least we know for sure that Jack Nunes fired the shot. No one quite knows whether Lee was even involved, <laughs> peripherally or otherwise. Um, for Tim Davis, thank you very much, Timbo. Yeah, thanks, Sean. No, lovely night. Nice to have those moments because uh, it's been a tough four or five years, but have a win like that, it is special and you've got to enjoy them. You know the best thing about like reliving this win too as well? I just thought of this, Tim. You know what the best thing about this is? We just watched the last couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. We don't have to yeah. watch the whole game. Just watch the last couple of minutes. 
That's well, it. That's what I want to do with Tyron. Is I want to give him the last two minutes. It's like, no, no, I want him to watch it all. I'm not going to tell him anything that happens. He can do the whole journey and then finish it up and then we'll watch the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and for Faber Ganoush, who actually, to my great disappointment, kept it together for the record. <laughs> I was hoping he'd unravel and be a Steve Madden. I, thought, I was hoping you'd be Jordan <laughs> Belford-esque. Wasn't, wasn't he trying to tell him to get off the phone? Off the yeah. phone. <laughs> He had the the mortadella down his throat. (laughs) What about what he said? He goes, somehow I made it back home, blah, 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 and then they actually replayed it. (laughs) And he didn't. He was just smashing into everything. Without a scratch, I made (laughs) So it's a great regret of mine, Fabian, that you didn't unravel for our pleasure on the record because that that probably would have been the only thing that made this a happier night than it already (laughs) is. (laughs) But thank you for your time. (laughs) We'll catch you next week. Bye.